On today's Locked On Mavericks podcast, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Sacramento Kings and not in the way that I wanted to, but we got Matt George of Locked On Kings on here. So we're going to talk about probably anything but that game because I know Matt doesn't want to talk about his team either. So we'll talk about some stuff coming up. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. this music is this law and order what are they playing it was the miss by luca and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks and locked on kings also a crossover episode my name is nick angstead media member and coordinator of locked on podcast network host of locked on mavs and joining me for the first time i think He's got some explaining to do. What you got for me, Matt George? I'm here to tank the show, baby. Matt George from Locked On Kings. Nick, (laughs) it's a pleasure to be with you. You're absolutely right. I don't want to talk about this game. I don't want to talk about my team. I'll talk about the Mavericks. You talk about the Kings, and we'll give each other a break, all right? Uh, All right, but before we do that, I I have, like, okay, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us, uh, me and Isaac Harris, on Thursdays to get out on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. They also have an Android app in beta right now. So if you guys have yes. been waiting to get on Android, go ahead and get that. Hurry up, by the way. Don't wait at all. Like Download it right now as you're listening to this or watching this because they said that there's limited spots for it. I don't know how that works, but there's just a limited number. So anyway, uh, we have to start with this because this is the first time you've come on this show, I think. And uh, we like to make fun of you a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. I definitely haven't listened. Uh, because you created a song parody about no, about the Kings no, and not needing Luka Doncic. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't me. For the Raccoon Squad, for the Lockdown Mavs listeners, uh, explain yourself. And do you uh, <laughs> do you have any regrets or remorse? Regrets or remorse? I'm still right. I'm 100% right. The Kings don't need Luka Doncic. Come on. We got Marvin Bagley who plays six games every once in a while. No. Um. I So I, I took... Uh, remember after that 2018 draft, I naturally overreacted to the Kings getting off to a halfway decent start for the first time, seemingly in my lifetime. Uh, and <laughs> the ringer put out their, their Hallelujah version, which was awesome. Really enjoyed it. But there was that line at the very, very beginning of it. The baffling Kings took Bagley over Luca. And at the time Kings were playing well, Bagley was putting up halfway decent numbers coming off the bench. So, you know, it's like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun and respond to this uh, in my completely unartistic way. And I had fun recording it. It has not aged well at all. Uh, And that led to the the recent song Double Down. So, um, yeah, my music career is going about as well as the King season. Hey, uh, we understand. Like, Mavs fans should understand. If your team is bad, I mean, not as bad as the the Kings have been for so long. But for a couple years there, it was looking bleak. Like, it was just looking like... Dennis Smith Jr., Will, like uh, Wendell Carter Jr., or Dennis Smith Jr., Mo Bamba. That was going to be the future of the Mavericks. Uh, with a an age- couple years. Oh, boom. With an oh. aging Dirk. And uh, if you have to create content every day, I know. I did uh, I did a Panda parody on Seth Curry. Yeah. I did a Yogi Ferrell. Uh, what was that? Um, oh, what was that song? You Ain't Got No Problem and No Problem With Me. Chance the Rapper. I did, I yep. did, I did that one with Yogi Ferrell. So you got to get creative when your team is bad. And so... Uh, anyway, yeah, Matt George is joining us, and yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this game. I want to right. at least break it down a little bit. Dallas Mavericks lose 106 to 113 to the Sacramento Kings. They were down to start this game 
20 to 3. The, the Kings went off to this insane start. And the Mavericks have just, I mean, they were without Chris Porzingis. They were without Josh Richardson. They were without, uh, you know, JJ Redick. But the Kings were also without De'Aaron Fox. I mean, their best player by far. And the Mavericks keep getting out to these slow starts. And it's just getting more and more frustrating. Luca was asked about this after the game and said, you know, I don't know how we get out to more energy. I don't know how we, how we have more energy to start games. I don't know. It just has to change, and it does have to change. The Mavericks are a team that plays up and down to their competition. Uh, our last YouTube video, if you're watching this on YouTube, the thumbnail says "best win of the season," and this one's probably going to say "worst win of the season," <laughs> "worst loss of the season," because it's just the way that this team works back and forth, going and uh, and flipping like this. What did you, what were you thinking when the Kings went out to a twenty to three like lead at the beginning? Well, I will say first, maybe one reason why you make fun of me so much is because of the fact, the fact that we're in such the same boat in a lot of ways. Now, the Mavericks obviously have more success and more to celebrate than the Sacramento Kings do. But what you just described, slow starts, playing to the level of the competition, that hasn't just been a problem for the Sacramento Kings this season. That's been the Kings problem for 15 freaking years now, uh, regardless of who's on the roster, who's coaching hell, who even owns the team. Uh, but this 20 to 3 start. It was enjoyable. It was fun. There wasn't a part of me that believed that the Kings were going to be able to sustain it and maintain it. So I was not surprised at all when the Mavericks were able to make a game of it uh, in that second quarter, bring it to within, what, seven at halftime, and then they even took a lead in the third quarter, and no one in Sacramento was surprised by that. Now, I was pretty pleased for the most part with how the Kings were able to respond to uh, some of the pressure and some of the pushes that the Dallas Mavericks made, even though they made up that 17-point gap relatively quickly. I think you put out the tweet. It was an awesome tweet. Uh, If you take away the 20-3 to start, (laughs) the Dallas Mavericks have a 17-point lead, which is a good way to look at it for for the rest of the game. Um, Just this Kings team, they're so wishy-washy. They're so on and off, regardless of who's playing. They're so unpredictable that it's 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 frustrating, it's annoying, and it's exhausting. I said on yesterday's Lockdown Kings podcast, I'm almost bored by this team. And some would say, wait, because they're so spontaneous, because there's uh, different versions of them that you don't know what you're going to get, isn't that exciting? Because you're going to have to tune in to see what version of the Kings you get? No, hell no. Absolutely not when you have to watch this team and talk about this team on a daily basis. I want to know what this team is. And I honestly, this far into the season, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah, and it feels that way with the Mavericks too. At least I would rather be in the position where you know that they can play up to certain competition. Like they've beaten the, the Jazz. They've beaten the the Lakers twice. Like, you know, the Lakers didn't have LeBron, but they did have Anthony Davis. But, uh, you know, like they've had some pretty big wins this season. And, like, you know they can play up to competition. So when you go into the playoffs, you're like, okay, well, at least we know that they can play up to that. But the consistency. And it's this is a thing that young teams do, right? Like the Kings are a really young team. All the players I think we saw tonight are pretty much all, like, at the beginning of their career almost it seems like. There's not a lot of vets. Like Harrison Barnes probably the, the vet on that team at this point. Pretty uh, much. Maybe, maybe a couple of those guys have played a little bit more. But the Mavericks, people always say, well, they've got guys that have played a little bit longer in this league. But the three main guys on this team are Luka, Jalen Brunson, and Porzingis. And they're a young team. Those are all young guys. And so they play up and down in competition. It's just the way that it works. They get up for big games like the Lakers. They they play you know bad games against teams like the Kings, and the, they lost the Rockets recently. The Rockets have three wins in the month of April, and the Mavs are one. Mavs are one of them. Um, so I, I actually have a couple questions about this Kings team, though. You don't have you say you don't know what this team is, but we'll get into them a little bit more because I really like Tyrese Halliburton. I thought he had a pretty decent game. 
Uh, he did not like the game that he played, and he did not shoot the ball well in this one, but I thought he had a, a pretty big impact on this one. We'll get into some of those guys. Also, I want to talk about Rashawn Holmes because this is a player that a lot of Mavs fans are looking at as a guy that the Mavs could add potentially this offseason, so we'll ask Matt about that coming up. But before we do, Locker Room, it is the place where you can go now on Android, by the way, to talk to us about um, to talk to us about Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. If, are you on there with Kings? Probably not. Cause not yet, but now that they're coming to Android, I'm psyched, man. I'm, I'm about to hop on there. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room that like to complain about lots of Kings stuff and lots of Woo-hoo. Mavs stuff. Watch parties, debates, post-game breakdown. Last time I did a solo one, Isaac was, wasn't able to join, and we uh, we did one-on-one debates. I went back and forth and had, all right, who, who, th- who thinks this? Who thinks the Mavs should go after Lonzo Ball? Who thinks the Mavericks shouldn't go after Lonzo Ball? And I put them up one-on-one, and then I was the debate moderator. I thought it was pretty fun. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices and now there's a beta Android app create a profile link your Twitter join the NBA and the MFFL group and follow me Nick Van Exit and you'll be notified whenever our room goes live locker room changing the way we talk sports this year the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft this weekend live get insight analysis from the Lockdown local experts and Draft Network's national experts subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch three Day coverage live of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st this weekend. All right, Matt, let's get into this team a little bit. Well, we kind of we kind of broke down the game. What happened with the Mavericks is they just they didn't hit threes, and when they don't hit threes, they don't win. That's just kind of the way that it is. They shot 12 of 42 from the field. Luca was just not insane, and if Luca's not insane and the team isn't hitting threes, they're not going to win games. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had just some of the dumbest decisions I've ever made. I tweeted one of them out where he just took a three with 13 seconds left in the shot clock with two Kings in his face, like two hands in his face. And Trey Burke, who was pretty hot in this game, was playing one of the best games of his season, uh, sitting over there in the corner by himself. He just completely looked off Trey Burke in the corner. And so he had, you know, some weird plays. Josh Green, He's a guy that I'm going to bring up because I thought he's had some pretty interesting plays in this game. Uh, played 16 minutes. He actually got some run for the Mavericks. He has not played a lot for this team. And so uh, that's interesting for Mavs fans. But anything on the Kings side you want to get to before we talk about anything else besides this loss for the Mavs? Yeah, it's disappointing to see Harrison Barnes, who got off to another really yeah, solid yeah. start. He got off to a great start in uh, last night's loss to the Golden State Warriors, a game in which the Kings should have won. And you talk about it's funny you talk about uh, Hardaway Jr. making some questionable decisions. I could cut and paste Buddy Heald uh, into that <laughs> spot from the, right. the Kings perspective. I don't know if you saw last night, but Buddy Heald for, and the Kings trapped Steph Curry forcing a turnover. Buddy had a wide open layup, literally nobody within 10 feet of him, except for Tyrese Halliburton, to give the Kings a one-point lead. And Buddy Hield made his classic blunder of just <laughs> forgetting how to use hands, I guess, and just dropping the ball <laughs> and losing it out of bounds. So, uh, But going back to Harrison Barnes, uh, unfortunate to see him go down in this game after the great start that he got off to. Now, we believe it's some kind of groin injury, and I said this on my Locked On Now uh, that I posted after the game, but I had a brief conversation with the former longtime athletic trainer uh, for the Sacramento Kings, Pete Youngman. And he says, this is one of those injuries that you typically miss a handful of games. Mm. So if that is the case, we hopefully will get positive news for Harrison Barnes going forward. But if that's the case, no Harrison Barnes and no De'Aaron Fox for the Kings for the foreseeable future. I'd say that that 
would mean a lot of losses for Sacramento, but hell, with this freaking team, they might rattle <laughs> off 10 in a row for no reason. Um, yeah, Harris, Harrison Barnes, that was brutal watching him walk off, and it just was a slow motion. Like He kind of grabbed with the, his inner thigh, basically, and just started walking the opposite direction from where everyone else was going. And he, you could just see it on his face. I tweeted out his expression, and uh, yeah, that's a guy that Mavs fans still love, and we mm-hmm. still, you know, appreciate everything he did for the Mavs and everything he did for the Dallas community, and just hope that he's going to be okay uh, and well, see how long he's going to be out there. And Nick, he's played since being traded from Dallas to Sacramento. He's played in a hundred, or he's had a hundred and three games in Sacramento, and he's missed only three, Dang. including this game here tonight or part of this game here tonight. So that's uh, that's pretty incredible how available Harrison Barnes has been. Uh, and one more thing on HB. I remember the night that Dallas traded him to Sacramento. One, I already knew plenty about Harrison Barnes. I wasn't massively excited about the trade because I knew the paycheck that was coming that summer on the other side of it too if the Kings were going right. to retain him. Right. But I remember Harrison not leaving. I remember him being informed during the game that he was traded and deciding to stay on the bench and continue to support his teammates. That's the kind of guy that Harrison Barnes is. Now, this Kings team lacks leadership, vocal accountability, holding leadership, uh, guys that will really kind of get in and get underneath players when they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Harrison Barnes is probably the biggest leader on this Kings team, but he's kind of that mellow, quiet, well-respected locker room leader. To put it this way, Nick, what we've heard from multiple players is the biggest talker and communicator in the Kings locker room is Buddy Heald. So, uh, so yeah, (laughs) that tells you everything you need to know. Mavs fans have wanted Buddy Heald and wanted to trade for Buddy Heald in the past. Sure. Uh, All yours. Take him. Talk him off the ledge. Uh, So here's the thing with, no, actually I want to talk you onto the ledge uh, (laughs) and and see if I can get any kind of thing uh, for value in return. Look, Buddy is, Buddy's really frustrating because I pick on him more than any other Sacramento King. And I said this in an interview that I had after last season with the athletic Sam Vecini, and he almost laughed me off the phone. Basically he, I told him that I felt that Buddy Heald last season was exposed as a really elite shooter, but average to below average everywhere else. And Sam kind of laughed at me and he used Buddy Heald's numbers and the modern NBA to kind of support his argument. And I got that. But watching Buddy on a nightly basis, you realize as great of a shooter as he is, he's just not great at anything else. Now, he's gotten better as a passer, and I appreciate the work that he's put in uh, on defense and trying to communicate more. But in a year where he's trying to do that more, his shooting numbers are down. Uh, And then he just makes some low basketball IQ plays, bad blunders, bad mistakes from time to time. Uh, For the money that he's being paid, plus his own uh, perception of his importance with this Sacramento Kings team. I'm personally frustrated. I think the Kings need to try and move on as, as best as they can get off of that contract. But I mean, Hey Dallas, you want him? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the Mavericks are, are interested in that, but he's shooting 39% on from three on 10 attempts per game. Uh, but that is down a little bit from oh, 43 his his uh, second year, 43, basically his third year. Uh, just about 40% the year before that. So, yeah, a little bit down. The volume is up. But like you said, he's trying to work on these other things. And then, yeah, defensively, he's just not good, right? So, I, to me, it would just be another Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, well, statistically, he is the worst defensive starting shooting guard in the NBA. And it's 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 not close. And the Kings, for much of the season, rolled out a starting lineup featuring both him and Marvin Bagley. And Marvin was the worst defensive, I think, four. Yeah, the worst defensive power forward for a time in the NBA. So, 
that that speaks to why the Kings have had the historically worst defense in, in the history of the NBA because they've had literally two of the worst defenders in the league in their starting lineup. There you go. So if any Mavs fans are still on the Buddy Heald train, uh, Matt, Matt George would appreciate it. But Yes, please. Uh, let's talk about Rashawn Holmes then, because this yep. is a guy Mavs fans have also been really into. Seems like a guy, for me at least, would be a really solid backup center, really good in the pick and roll, and the Mavericks thrive with guys that are really good at the pick and roll. Like Dwight Powell has literally made his living because the Mavs are so reliant on pick and roll you know, centers. Um Tell me about tell me about Rashawn Holmes. Is he going to be available this summer? There's been some talk about his contract and different things that have come up. The Kings would have to pay a certain amount and all that. Tell me about Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, I'm looking around my desk here to try and find something to fight you off with because uh, Rashawn <laughs> is not going anywhere, I hope. Um, I-, I love Rashawn. He's the perfect fit for what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do. He's an incredibly hard worker. He's undersized for his position, yes, but he makes up for that with his hustle, with his energy. Honestly, the biggest gripe against Rashawn Holmes this season is the amount of foul trouble that he gets into, but he gets into that foul trouble because quite honestly, he's trying to make the extra aggressive physical play because the Kings lack aggression everywhere else. And oftentimes he's trying to bail out a guard that got killed on the perimeter. So uh, Rashawn is just, he's just so solid. He's so consistent. His push shot is one of the most automatic shots that I've, I've seen ever. It just always seems to go in Uh, last I checked and it could have changed. I think he leads the league still in field goal percentage. He's just Mr. Reliable on a nightly basis. And, And with his, his journeyman, status in the NBA going from uh, from team to team, really coming into the NBA from Bowling Green and just trying to make a name for himself. He came to Sacramento, quickly replaced Dwayne Dedman, who didn't work out at all, uh, and cemented himself as a starter. And he's carried that through with his numbers going up almost across the board this season. So Rashawn Holmes is going to get paid this summer and rightfully so. Now, what are the numbers going to be really no idea because the center market and big man market and free agency over the last few years has been so up and down and crazy and weird. Right. But I believe it is a top priority for the Sacramento Kings to try and find a way to resign Rashawn Holmes. I know there's only a certain amount uh, that they're going to be able to offer him. I don't know what that number is off the top of my head, but if the Kings lose Rashawn Holmes for nothing, the year after they lost Bogdan Bogdanovich for nothing. Those yeah. are the two big free agency moments for Monty McNair in his first full calendar year as a general manager. That's not going to sit well at all. I, I, With the exception of finding a way to get Joel Embiid here in Sacramento, and I'm not saying Rashawn is Joel Embiid's level, <laughs> but that's that's the only way you're improving over Rashawn in my mind. He's just the He's the right fit for what the Kings need. You see him as the starting center of the Kings going forward. Correct. I do. And I think if the Dallas Mavericks were to get him, first off, that would be amazing for them. Truly amazing for them. I think he would be, I think he'll be a great fit wherever he goes. But in Dallas, I think he could be exceptional there. Uh, And I honestly would think that he would make a push for the starting center position pretty quickly. I, I think there would be an argument for him starting at that center spot in Dallas. But if you have him coming in off your bench, man, what an asset to have. Well, how is he defending out in space? Because the Mavericks play Christoph Porzingis. He is not good at that. And they play Maxi Kleba at that other big man spot because he's able to go out and defend in space and he's able to stretch the floor and, and that kind of stuff. What is How is he like as a rim protector and then also defending out in space? He's gotten better as a rim protector this year. Blocking shots, his blocks are up. Like I said, he does get in foul trouble, maybe leaving his feet or going for the block when he should just stick both hands up. Um, but I would say his defense has significantly improved over the last couple of years 
perimeter wise, he still lacks in lateral quickness, uh, but he can stay in front of, I would say the majority of maybe small forwards, maybe even shooting guards, point guards will beat him off the dribble, but that's to be expected with a big man. Um, I don't think let's put it this way. I don't think it's going to be so significant of a hindrance to really be noticeable because he makes up for it in so many other ways on both ends of the floor. Love to hear that. So yeah, that that so we talked you off one king in Buddy Heald, and now we're we're no, like, I'm talking you into Buddy Heald yeah. and telling you to leave Rashawn Holmes alone. Uh, coming up, let's get into some all NBA stuff and just some general NBA stuff. We've done some surveys over the last couple of weeks with the Lockdown NBA hosts. We're gonna break some of those down. Who's gonna win the title? Who's gonna win MVP? Who's coming in second? Uh, Luca did not come in top five in our MVP voting recently, so we'll talk about that, get into that a little bit with Matt George of Locked on Kings coming up. But before we do, let's talk about rockauto.com. There's so many different reasons to fix a car. I have a car just sitting out in my driveway I need to fix. I know there are parts available for it at rockauto.com. I could just go to it, rockauto.com, and find. Let's see, I have a Kia. I have a 2009, and I have a, what is it? What kind of car is it? Uh, I just go right to the parts that are available for my car, Spectra, boom, all that, all the stuff available for my car right now. Accessories, belt drive, body and lamp assembly, brake and wheel hub, cooling system, drivetrain, electrical, whole bunch of electrical stuff, engine stuff, exhaust stuff, fuel and air, heat and air conditioning, all kinds of stuff. I can just say window washer, uh, you know, like windshield wipers and washer, washer fluid, all that kind of stuff, specifically made for my car. So you can go to RockAuto.com and uh, tell them that Lockdown sent you when you get there. RockAuto.com is the one-stop shop for everything you need for your car. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your place to put down some money on sports. The fastest and easiest way to bet on some sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on, the Kentucky Derby is back, and the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA. You can... Get a lot of action. Put a lot of action down on that. But they have NFL draft stuff if you're into that and all that kind of stuff. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as the team preps for their runs for the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile devo- mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. want to tell you about our friends Locked On today. Host Peter Bukowski hosts an incredible show just every day. With all of the voices from across the network, it's all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. The Phoenix Suns will be highly, highly uh, featured today. Brendan Clean, the great host of Lockdown Suns, is going to be on there. So go check it out. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. Locked on today. All right, Matt George. So we talked about our teams enough. Uh, we're annoyed with them at this <laughs> at this point in the season. Just a bit. You more than me. Um, but a couple of surveys we've done over the last couple of weeks with Locked On and. The first one I'm going to get to is who's going to win the title. Uh, we had a bunch of our hosts vote. I think 24, 25 of our hosts voted. And the Nets, 12 first place votes. Ugh. The Lakers, eight first place votes. Ugh. And the Clippers, five first place votes. Where did, you, where did you vote and where do you see that vote coming out to be? 
I don't re- I don't remember which one of those three terrible teams that I decided to vote for, but I think I picked the Lakers just because of the defending champs and LeBron James, Anthony Davis. There, you can't beat them until you beat them, and I assume they're going to be healthy and ready to go uh, by the playoffs. So I think I actually yes, I remember I did cast my vote for the LA Lakers. But man, I hope we don't get that LA versus Brooklyn or LA versus New York scenario uh it's just something you don't want to see a a fully healthy brooklyn versus a fully healthy lakers absolutely not because to me it just enables the big market buyout just advantage that jealously sacramento doesn't have and then i look at the season that like the utah jazz are having i look at the season that the uh phoenix suns are having in the west and either of those two teams is i i immediately more uh, desirable for me. I want to root for them. I want to see them uh, make it, especially the Utah Jazz, who built their core essentially through the draft. Uh, so I, I root for those teams a hell of a lot more than I root for what the Brooklyn Nets have done. I think the NBA needs to look at what the Brooklyn Nets have done with the buyout market. Now, they haven't blown anybody away too much with the buyout market, like getting Blake Griffin okay. Uh, we know he's not the Blake Griffin of a number of years ago, but getting James Harden to basically force his way out of Houston and to Brooklyn. I just don't like that major market advantage. I don't think it's fair. Um, and I don't want to see that team face <laughs> my dreaded enemy in the Los Angeles Lakers, who they've already won it, but at least they did it by. Well, I can't really even say that, too, because they kind of forced an Anthony Davis trade. So they got they got a pretty good deal back for it. I mean, it wasn't like the I mean, they got more than the James Harden trade. Absolutely. All the picks that the the Rockets got in that and they got an all star Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. So at least they got that. But I totally get what you're saying with this whole you know thing because it's literally those three teams are the ones that have benefited from this, you know, coastal. I don't know. We want to go down the whole path like coastal elitist like. Uh, the big markets like benefiting from these stars moving and wanting to play together. And it's those three teams that have literally benefited from that. And so, yeah, I mean, there's nobody else outside of that, that group though, that stands out. I mean, the Sixers is probably the closest out of those. Do you think they can hang with the nets? Uh, but there's I, nobody I, in the, I, I, there's nobody really in the West, like the Suns and jazz. I just, I can't be convinced the Suns and jazz are going to be in the finals. I don't know why there's just some kind of block there in my mind. that just doesn't let them go to the finals in my brain. No, I think it's I think it's fair, and I actually kind of have that block for the LA Clippers for some reason, which I'm yeah. I'm trying well, to get it's over. Because they cursed, they're cursed forever. Yeah, like right. literally, if last season didn't show you, they had their best team of their entire existence, and they just completely blew a three-one lead, and almost they would have blown it to the Mavs too. We've yeah. talked about this so many times, but if Chris Porzingis would have been healthy, I think they would have lost that first-round series. Yeah, but I'm with you. I understand the hesitation to think that the Jazz and Suns are going to make it. Look, they're, they've been amazing during the regular season, but we know the regular season is very different from the postseason. And as fun as the Suns were at the bubble and as important of an addition <laughs> as Chris Paul has been uh, for Phoenix, we know Paul has struggled to to make it all the way through a uh, to an NBA Finals appearance uh, in, in the past, and he's only getting older type thing. So I, I'm rooting for both those teams. I'm with you, though. I understand. I'm rooting hard for Philadelphia and Boston mm. as well to to overtake the juggernaut that is the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know why I don't put the Milwaukee Bucks in that conversation. I just don't have that much faith in that team. Um, I just I really don't want to see a net, the Nets make it. I, honestly, I'd be happier with the Lakers making it than the Nets make it because I just don't want to see what they've done this season rewarded in that way. I wouldn't be surprised, but I just don't want to see it. So let's say this is the way that it works out. 
So right now, as the standings stand, the Heat would play the Hornets in the play-in. Let's say the Heat win that, then they would go play the Sixers. And then if the Heat and then if the the Hornets beat either of the Wizards or the Pacers, like any of those three teams, goes and plays the Nets in the first round, like that's just a buzzsaw right that's there. That's a sweep. Yeah, that's a sweep. And then the Nets' next opponent would be either the Knicks or the Hawks, <laughs> like. And then they would play whatever came out of the bloodbath of the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Sixers. Like, yeah, this team may have like a really easy path to the finals if that's the way it stands. Now, the Nets could totally fall out of that first spot, and if they did, then they would have a really tough route. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, though, you look at the Lakers. They may have to play uh, like a Denver team that has a broken like Jamal Murray that's not, not going to play. Uh, then they would play Utah probably. Donovan Mitchell either is going to be not 100% or not playing. And then they would play whoever comes out of the uh, you know, Dallas Clippers, Suns, and then either Portland, Memphis, or whoever comes out of the play-in in the seventh seed. So uh, the Lakers' path and the Nets' paths are might be really, really easy for them going into. So I think that's what we're going to see in the finals. Yeah, it would make sense to see those two come out of it. I would not be surprised at all. Again, I'm not rooting for it. I would absolutely hate it because I think I would be forced to root for the Lakers in that scenario because uh, I'm sure I'm going to watch. And that's one of the things that I hate yeah, the most right. about it is you're going to watch and the TV yeah. ratings just because of the markets and because of the talent on both teams are going to be great. So it's going to be good for the NBA, but it's not good for the NBA, at least from a competitive standpoint, in my opinion. Uh, but looking at the Western Conference, I think we're in for some really fun playoff matchups. I think we're going to be in for some surprising deep series versus on the Eastern Eastern Conference. I can see a, a few more sweeps or a few more five games. I mean, that first uh, round series right now would be Bucks and Celtics in, the, in yeah. the East. Like that one's pretty good, and even like Heat Sixers, that one could be really really interesting too. Mm-hmm. The, just the. I think I, I give the East a lot more credit with the depth to their teams, um, but I also think that there's significance with um, teams that are in the playoffs for the first time. Like for example, the Atlanta Hawks, we don't know what kind of team that's they are, what they're going to be. They're inconsistent. Is Trey young going to be available? I love Bogdan Bogdanovich and he's on an absolute heater right now. And now everybody's saying, Oh, look, the Kings let bogey walk as if the Hawks weren't (laughs) looking to trade uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich just a few weeks ago at the trade deadline when things weren't going well. Uh, so this team is inconsistent. I, I have high hopes for them, but I don't know what they can do. The New York Knicks are fourth. I think that's great for the NBA, but they have little to no playoff experience. And as good as Tom Thibodeau is and has that team playing, I don't have much faith in their ability to make any kind of deep run. So and they're I, so I, reliant on Randall as that like one guy to just make some right. shots. Like you saw that in that Phoenix Suns Knicks game the other night, uh, last night actually, Monday night. And they just are so reliant on Randall to just do everything. Like he honestly, people com- you know, people compare, well, he would be he would if he replaced Porzingis, what would he be for the Mavs? Like his offensive role is more like Luca's than it is like Porzingis, mm-hmm. if you just mm-hmm. want to compare it to Mavs. Like he handles the ball a lot, he distributes a lot, he's averages a bunch of assists, he takes a bunch of threes, and all his threes are like step back, like weird stuff. Like I can't believe that he's a better three point shooter than Porzingis at this point in his career. But, yeah, they're so reliant on him. So I, I don't see the the Knicks. I mean, it'll be so fun to see a Brooklyn Knicks series. And hopefully, like, if the Knicks win a game, Twitter is just done. Like, oh, like yeah. Knicks Twitter will just, like, explode. Absolutely. So, especially if it's game one. If they if the Nets drop a game one like the uh, Raptors, you know, used to always do, then that would be 
Uh, that'd be hilarious. So there's two sides of the New York Knicks success for me. One is I think it's phenomenal for basketball that a good team is playing in Madison Square Garden. I think yeah. it's great for basketball. It's great for the NBA. It's going to be awesome for that market. I know I just kind of demolished the Brooklyn Nets for being in the mega New York market, but we know the Knicks have not done anything right despite being in that mega market. <laughs> but then on the other side of that coin, the Knicks have always been such a laughing stock in the East and it made being a Kings fan and follower a little bit easier. <laughs> Now the Knicks are good. And here's Sacramento like, well, dang it. <laughs> we're, we're still terrible. So um, it's I'm, I'm happy for the Knicks. I like what Thibodeau's doing there. I like that Knicks team. I love Julius Randle. Man, we were having conversations back in summer of 2018 about the Kings drafting Luka Doncic and signing Julius Randle in free agency that offseason. Oh, if I could turn back time. <laughs> I mean, the Mavs, a lot of Mavs fans talked about that too. Is something that that they would want to do. Julius Randall's from Dallas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, before we go, I have to ask you about, let's see. Oh, here we go. I got it. I pulled it up. There's a stat recently that just absolutely blew my mind. And I think, you know where I'm going with this, but Holy cow. This, this stat about the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> this stat about the, <laughs> The Kings are going to have a losing season. They when they lost the other night, it was, it was guaranteed they're going to have a losing season. And so, winning seasons in Sacramento with Rick Adelman, who was coach when? Coach between it was like that 2002. Yeah, like, it was during Kings. the Glory era. I'm trying to remember which year he came to Sacramento. It was I, I think it was like 97 or 98. I, I'd have to. Yeah, I it's should like know late that. 90s, That's... early 2000s. Uh, eight years, and he yeah. had eight winning seasons in Sacramento. Winning seasons in Sacramento with anyone else as the head coach, zero for 28. They've had no winning seasons outside of when Rick Adelman was the head coach back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like that stat absolutely blew me away because that just is so weird uh do you have a response to it end the show end the show let's let's this end the show i, I don't want to talk about this anymore I, I didn't have a good time with you i don't appreciate you inviting me on just to do stuff like this to me look it's already hard enough 15 freaking years of this crap and you have to bring this up all right okay and you josh debeau deciding to post stuff like this just because it's statistical and factual doesn't mean it doesn't hurt okay <laughs> God dang it, I hate when people bring crap like this up, but they're absolutely right. The Kings have been a revolving door of head coaches. And I to, don't you like it? You will not like that. Po- damn it. I favor it. He, he liked and favorited it. Oh, Wait, God. I'm going to bookmark it. No, stop it. Just stop it. This <laughs> yeah. is bullying, and I'm not okay with it. But in reality, like the Kings have been a revolving door, or I call it a coaching carousel, just around and around and around and around they go. Uh, and, and look, it's – Talking about Luke Walton, whether or not Luke Walton's going to come back next season. No, nah, he's a, done, right? Like, they're, they're going to be done with him. It's pretty the, – the belief is that he is going to be done. But I've talked about this a lot on Locked on Kings. I have little to no faith that it's going to change anything until it changes something, if that makes sense. Like, there have been so many different coaches that have come through here, so many different players that have come through here, general managers. I, I even mentioned the ownership change during this 15-year playoff uh, list streak for the Sacramento Kings. It's such a cultural issue, just a culture of losing and and being terrible and being mediocre and busted draft picks and mediocre free agency signings and wasting talent while they were here. It just continues. And there's just been so many coaching changes that the inconsistencies everywhere across the board are enough to make you want to pull your hair out. So that's not when I saw it doesn't surprise me at all. And and Rick Adelman is an absolute legend. I, I hope he makes it into the NBA hall of fame 
or mm. the, I should say the basketball hall of fame. Uh, Cause he's, he's incredible. It's unfortunate that he didn't get his ring here in Sacktown, and we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but yeah, Adelman's a legend. Adelman, what he was, the Sacramento Kings, there's no more important number than, than what that says right there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, hopefully, Mavs fans, that made you feel a little better. But I also just feel I have a, I feel now for Kings for Kings. Fans. I hate you guys. I hate you guys so much. You stupid Mavs fans. You there we go. We'll be, we'll be back tomorrow. Isaac will be back tomorrow. The uh, Mavericks play the Golden State Warriors. We'll break down that game, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. And now your moment of zen. Hey Rick, do you know anything more about whether or I, not- I don't know who's playing tomorrow? Don't ask. Don't anybody ask. Don't ask. I'm tired of I'm tired of all that stuff.